It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling Jessica will turn it around They'll break down the rules And we'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost Ooh, baby, this is why Blank lost Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and I'm currently hiding in my spy couch. I'm sorry, I can't function right now. Um, I guess I'm at the water well by your couch. <laughs> Ta-da! Seriously, I had no idea what was going on. All of a sudden, you just disappeared. Okay. That's what makes for a good spy couch, It was right? great. I definitely couldn't see you. I was like the Sarah Lucina to your <laughs> spy nest except, in your couch. Except, except Sarah knew that there was a uh, a spy nest there. I know. I didn't know what was happening. You just literally just started going down. I'm like, what is he doing? See, ladies and gentlemen, this is not rehearsed. Uh, this is just David Bloomberg <laughs> doing things to throw me off. So. Yes. By the way, yeah. And uh, obviously, this is my co-host, Jessica Lewis, uh, <laughs> just sitting there in full view of everybody. I know. I was like, what, what is happening? There was no explanation, but now I understand. That was good. Yes. That was good. Yes. And uh, happy Jessica Lewis Day, everybody. Uh, the uh, Survivor History Twitter account uh, has dedicated today to Jessica. Thank you very much, Survivor History. I appreciate it. I was quite surprised to see that, but it's always nice to be remembered. So thanks. Quite fun. So, so neither of us were right in mm-hmm. our predictions. So mm-hmm. you can't use your sign again. I know. I was really, really hoping because I was watching the episode and I'm like, damn, I might get to use my sign again. And then all hell broke loose. And yeah, no, it didn't work out the way I wanted. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a matter of fact, speaking of all hell breaking loose, after the episode aired, like right after, I tweeted that I thought the result was probably the same as it was coming into Tribal Council. But after my rewatch, I was reconsidering the idea. Mm-hmm. And then Taryn mentioned in his podcast that Nick said on a now deleted Twitch stream, Nick in these Twitch streams, uh, <laughs> that uh, Ben did indeed change his vote at Tribal Council, causing Nick to change his vote to avoid rocks. Yes, I did hear about that as well. So okay. interesting um, note there. Yeah. So you heard about the Twitch stream or some other way? The Twitch stream, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had wondered after my rewatch why Nick switched since the last thing we saw was him saying he wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. So this explains that outcome. And, you know, apparently we did have that very rare instance, although Survivor wants us to believe it happens all the time, but the very rare instance of a truly live tribal council with the vote actually changing. Yes, with a whole lot of issues we're going to have to discuss and how they got there, but we will. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, now we have a better idea of what happened Mm -hmm. uh, as much as we can. We need to figure out why it happened. Uh, to do that, of course, we'll follow our usual path of comparing Kim's game to rules I originally wrote way back after season one and have been modifying ever since. Looking at all the non-spoiler information available to us uh, from what we saw on TV, CBS All Access, social media, plus a special look back at some old articles from my website dating back to when Kim first played. Ah, uh, like it. The late, yeah, the latest version of the rules uh, is available at robhaswebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules for anyone who hasn't caught up yet. Or you can get the shorter and much more colorful version of the rules in poster form yes. at tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster 2. In fact, uh, Kim is right there. She, she is. is the star of rule three on the poster. So, you know, we'll we'll have to see how she did in that rule this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we had previously announced that just as Rob is donating to Direct Relief, an organization that provides protective equipment for doctors and nurses, we are donating the proceeds for every poster we sold in April to that same charity. Uh, Rob decided to extend it a week. So we went along with him. We decided to extend that another week. So. Hurry up and get yours. No more dilly dallying, people. Right. And uh, I think your uh, announcement spurred at least three more purchases. So right. thank you for that, David, because it really did yes. cause more people to order. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now is the time. Uh, again, that's tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster 2. Yes. And I'm the star of Rule 6 on the poster. <laughs> or 7. Uh, 7 down up there at the 7. Yeah, yes. yeah you're you're a less fortunate star. I a very very less fortunate star. Yeah, uh, but, but adi- clearly people were very aware of the rocks this episode. So yes, that's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in addition to the poster we've mentioned, there's another way to get the rules, so you can always have them with you, and that is t-shirt form. Mm-hmm. So there we are. You know, there's, uh, well, I can't see it because I'm on the other side. Rule three is over there. Oh, you were perfect. You were literally. Look at that. Look at that. Um, (laughs) Circled it with your finger. Good. Uh, So go to the the robhaswebsite.com or robhaswebsite.com store. Uh, To get there, you click the merch link near the top. uh, Sort the store so new items are first and the shirts will be right there. Uh, This is a men's. And we have both men's and women's T-shirts available. We've started to see some of these on Twitter and uh, they, they look incredible on people. So you know, if you want to look incredible, buy a shirt. Exactly. And support <laughs> our cause. So thanks. Yes. Um, now, before we get to the rules, uh, we also wanted to make a different announcement that we'll once again be having a postseason Q&A podcast about a week after our finale podcast. So everyone start thinking about what questions you want to ask and, you know, feel free to shoot them to us. And if you do it on Twitter, we'll try to remember not to answer it right then. Uh, and mm-hmm. Actually, you know, wait until wait until the podcast. Right. You can also uh, DM us as well if they want to, if they don't want to post it directly on Twitter. We can do it that way. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um. We do have another couple topics to discuss before focusing on Kim. Uh, first, and this is more 
you know, just amusing more than anything. At the beginning of the episode, Sarah told us she knew she couldn't get too pissed. And then she exploded. So if that is Sarah not being pissed, oh, I, mm. I don't want to see Sarah when she is pissed. I know. Sarah's scary when she's angry. and But also very poignant and very clear in her words and her thoughts mm-hmm. and, and how she expresses herself. There was no question at all that Tony screwed up royally in her mind and that Tony needed to make it up to her in every which way possible in order to get in her good graces again. And clearly, yeah. that's exactly what he spent the whole time doing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of people being upset, this question has come up as something of a mystery. Why is Ben so mad at Jeremy? I know, right? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to what we so often see happen, the vilification of the target. So you, you want someone to go so badly mm. that your brain starts to make up reasons mm-hmm. and you get mad at them. Yeah, I think it's it's like the brain protecting itself. You don't want to vote out good people. So you convince yourself they're a bad person. I have good reason to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people can just play it as a game and say, well, I'm getting rid of that person. But I think that the brain just wants to make that person the enemy. You know, and that's an interesting point, because I do think that in Ben's season, he was the one that was being vilified. Mm-hmm. And so we find him on a completely different uh arena now where he is not the one that is being vilified if anything he's doing everything he can to try to avoid being a villain and he's sharing too much information and he's really trying to ingratiate himself with people except someone like jeremy which it would be to his benefit really to ingratiate himself with someone like jeremy to help further along his own game but i do think that it's interesting that he's it's like he's trying to find a reason to target jeremy because Jeremy is just that nice guy that everybody really, really likes. And so in Ben's mind, he has kind of flipped the script on how he perceives Jeremy as opposed to how everybody else perceives Jeremy. Yeah. And just like people got mad at Ben for surviving in his season, mm-hmm. you know, Jeremy apparently is pissing Ben off by surviving. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it's interesting. It's very interesting, yeah. but also very odd. <laughs> it's very odd. Yeah. I can't yes. imagine. I mean, I know in my season there was. There was a lot of tension between some of us and we weren't really chatting very much. But at the same time to just there wasn't such a I'm not speaking to you kind of like that element kind of went away. It was there for a moment and then we just kind of tolerated each other and we still spoke, you know, socially. You were around fire eating. There wasn't just this. I'm putting up a wall. and I'm not going to speak to you response, which I think is pretty shocking in a game like this to just completely shut somebody down and not even listen to what they have to say. I think that's really, really incredible. Yeah. So, all right. Well, enough talking about angry people. Uh, We can move on to the rules. Uh, In his weekly online summary, Jeff Probe said, when you're playing against all winners, you don't have to make a mistake to get voted out. Was Kim completely mistake free? Like he suggested, she did step down from the challenge for food. So did she lose because of peanut butter and cookies? Or is there more to it than that? It's time to figure out why Kim lost. The first and most important rule talks about the need to scheme and plot. And we know Kim understood this quite well from her first time playing when she controlled virtually everything. As Dalton Ross put it in his Entertainment Weekly recap, in that game, all roads led to Kim Spradlin, and she was at the center of everything happening, both socially and strategically. This time, though, Kim 
started out on the bottom as a target because Yule wanted to go after the poker alliance. She quickly realized that she was a possible target because nobody would talk to her, but that didn't stop her from trying. Indeed, both she and Amber were left out, but we saw a whole montage of Kim trying to talk to people. We didn't see that from Amber. Right. Right. And from what Yule said in his strategy tweet at the time, before he was told not to do that anymore, <laughs> um, her persistence paid off because he ended up talking to Kim and getting her on board for potential future votes. Yes. And that was an interesting thing to watch actually happen at the vote where there was kind of a reaffirming like shoulder tap or something from Yule to Kim. Like, we got you. You know, you're OK. And I do think that she learned very quickly that she was going to have to be working a little bit harder with this group, but that, yes, yeah, she at least stepped up and was trying to get involved in the strategy talk and was, was not getting much. I mean, she acknowledged that the people just aren't talking to me and I'm walking into conversations and she struggled with it. I mean, she was very upset that she never felt that way in her season. So this was a whole different game for Kim to be playing where she wasn't playing with people that she could control. She had to start playing with people who were controlling things around her and I, I think that caused a struggle for her very, very early on. But she did really try to step up and deal with it instead of just letting things happen around her. Yeah. And she apparently did a pretty good job convincing the others on her original tribe that she was with them because they focused on getting rid of Tyson mm -hmm. so they could be a united front at the swap. Of course, Kim immediately fled her group because she knew she was still on the bottom. And if they had lost one more challenge, she would have been the one booted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do think that it's a much different type of strategy that you have to employ when you know your position in the tribe is not at the top. It's not even in the middle. It's definitely at the bottom. It right. certainly changes the dynamics and and how you approach people. And there is more of a willingness to go along with what other people are suggesting because, you know, you don't have the power and control like she always had in one world. I mean, that she yeah. was controlling the entire thing in one world. Yeah. And this time she had to fight from the bottom continually. Mm -hmm. you know, in, in last week's episode, she pulled together Tyson and Jeremy um, telling them lots of conversations were going on and they weren't a part of them. And I'm sorry, that would have been two weeks ago. Obviously, Tyson wasn't there last mm -hmm. week. Um, you know, and none of them had any friends out there. You know, she just kept fighting and trying to get something strategic pulled together. But it never worked. Well, and I do have to give her a lot of props for her desire to do that, because that in this season we've seen as soon as you put somebody else out there, if you start trying to strategize against someone. Suddenly, then you become a target, <laughs> which is exactly what transpired in this episode. So the fact that she was still willing to step up, knowing this is going to potentially put a target on my back. But she knew that the numbers were a necessity. You've got eight people going into a vote. You need to have five in order to avoid going to rocks. And who knows where the idols are, because obviously they know Sophie's idol is back in play because Sophie announced that she went mm -hmm. out with an idol in her pocket. So there's all of these other things that you have to be mindful of. And at least Kim was trying to work through those scenarios in her head and unfortunately had to bring in someone like Ben um, and talk to him in order to try to get the numbers. And that's really what I think started that ball rolling in the wrong direction for Kim. Yeah, I mean, you've you, you've per perfectly segged us into the second rule because one aspect of her ongoing fight was that eventually it was bound to be noticed. Mm -hmm. And the second rule says not to scheme and plot too much and to keep your scheming secret. And like you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Kim said it was obvious that Jeremy was going next, but Tony and Sarah were a problem. 
She said she had a relationship with Sarah, so Tony was the one who had to go. And it brings up the question of why not just stay with the group, you know, thinking Jeremy should be next. He's a threat, too. Just ask Ben. Uh, You know, I've said before, naming names before the immunity challenge is dangerous. Yes. And this is a, a perfect example of why. As a matter of fact, it's such a perfect example. I'll probably add it to the rules. You know, she named Tony. He won immunity, so he couldn't be the target. And then people told him what she had been trying to do. She said it was the riskiest move she's ever had to make, but she felt she had to do something to turn her situation around. My thing is, she didn't need to do something like that to turn her situation around at this specific point in the game because she was safe for now. But once Ben told Tony that Kim was the one pushing his name, she became Tony's prime target. Yes. And I think that we learned a lot from... Tony's last episode, or might even be the episode before that, when he managed to pull together the votes, but he did it right before tribal council was happening. Like there was Mm -hmm. a plan in place. Everybody knew what they were doing. And then immediately before he switched it up because he, he knows that in this game, time is not on your side with certain things. And when you go to tribal council, like you only have so much time before you get there, the more people can think and spin things in their brain, the more that they can try to talk themselves out of it, or they can try to change things. So you can't give people a whole lot of time to necessarily process, which is exactly what Kim did here. She gave people way too much time to go back and scheme and plot and come up with other ideas. You know, Ben being that person who went to Tony and then Nick terribly lying to Tony about it. You know, so but it's one of those things that. How could you say that was terrible? Uh, (laughs) uh, 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, Maybe she did say that. Yeah. Yeah. You and that's the thing. I mean, it's hard. I trust me. The first time I ever lied out there, I felt horrible. I was like, "This is a, an awful feeling when you're like you were actually lying to someone's face." So yeah, it's not easy to do. But that's why if you give people too much time to think about stuff and to run around, and Tony wouldn't have had that time to run around and find out what was transpiring if it hadn't even been done. Because like you said, he won immunity. So if he wins immunity, she's never going to bring up Tony's name. And that's, and to me, it's very strange. That whole, that whole thing is weird. And I, I don't know at what point we really want to talk about the immunity challenge, but if you know that your target is Tony, Nick, why are you giving up? Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in uh, later, but but I I do think that it's, it's one of the situations where, I mean, I've gone into immunity challenges knowing who the target is for that evening. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a target because it does, it is kind of a sigh of relief when that person goes out of the challenge and you're like, okay, that person is, is now no longer immune. So our plans that we kind of set in place, but it's a different, it's a different time, I think in survivor. And especially with this group, knowing how the votes are shifting and how people are moving so quickly and that there are potentially live tribals that you really need to kind of keep your scheming and plotting close to the vest. And only with those people that, you know, are not going to throw you under the bus because we've seen it happen time and time again, as soon as you mention someone's name, then it spins and it's right back at you. So I, I do think that Kim, it w- wasn't a bad idea for her to try. The timing of it was completely wrong. Well, and that's exactly it. I mean, in your situation that you're talking about, you were already in a core alliance mm-hmm. situation. In this group, things are flipping back and yes. forth. People are moving. Yeah. You know, you can't expect if, if you're in a core alliance talking to, you know, two, three, four people mm-hmm. who you trust and have worked together throughout the game, yes. or at least throughout the last few votes, it's one thing to say, okay, 
this is our next target. But if some people are jumping back and forth, you can't just gather five random people together Mm -hmm. and expect everybody's going to be on the same page for the next three days or whatever. Especially since you were left out of the last whole craziness that went down. Right. So clearly these people are not working with you. I haven't really seen she and Ben work together like really at all this entire season. Mm -hmm. And so you really are relying on someone who I think it's clear, at least from what we're seeing, that Ben has a stronger relationship with someone like Tony. And you're you're going to that person and saying, hey, Tony's our target. It's not a bad discussion to at least have like, hey, what are we thinking about doing? You know, how do we see things unfolding to kind of see where people are at? But she was literally going to every single person and telling this is what we have to do because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're running out of time, which, again, yes, it needs to happen if you're going to make it happen. But when you're relying on people that you don't have that close bond with who have close bonds with people over here, it's that is a very, very slippery slope. And and unfortunately, she she put herself in a really bad predicament that she wasn't in at the start of the episode at all. Yeah, I mean. Players should, of course, always be looking for ways to put themselves in a better position. Mm -hmm. And Kim recognized how dangerous the Cops Are Us duo is. But she said herself in Tribal Council that every day is a clean slate. The person on the bottom one day can be calling the shots the next. She should have listened to her own advice and waited another day. Uh, Then she could talk about targeting Tony when Tony didn't have immunity. After Ben's prime target, Jeremy, is gone. Uh, you know, maybe Ben is more of a free agent then. Don't give everyone time and opportunity to spill the beans. Yes. And also, I don't know if we want to reference it here, but this whole idea of, yes, Jeremy was the original target and she was thinking that Tony and Sarah were a duo and they needed to be split up. Mm-hmm. So her returning back to that Jeremy vote, I think, was interesting because if your concern is Tony and Sarah, And now you're like, well, let's just go back to Jeremy then. And that to me was also a misread by him as well, because she was allowing that duo to continue. She wasn't doing anything to potentially stop that duo from progressing by taking out the other half. Right, right, exactly. Now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We're back. So let's get back to the show. All right. Uh, so we can move on to the third rule, which talks about being flexible. As I mentioned earlier, you and Eric Reichenbach, uh, selected Kim as the example for this rule in our poster because of the flexibility she showed her first season. How do you think she did this time? I don't think she was able to 
play the flexibility the way that she did previously because she had a lot more avenues in one world because she was the one calling the shots. So she's in charge of this group of five and and she's the one who's able to kind of manipulate the direction of the vote because she is literally Tony of her season, if we want to say mm-hmm. that way. Now, I mean, I don't remember a Kim uh, uh, spy shack. No, but there didn't need to be. Or, you, know. you know, I mean, that's how in control Kim was right. in her season. She knew everything that was going on. Everybody, you know, what they were doing, how they were playing the game, who they were targeting. And, it, and the thing that was interesting about One World is how visible it was to everyone that this this group of five was controlling things that was really making the decisions, but nobody could infiltrate it because Kim was so good at manipulating everybody. And unfortunately, Kim finds herself in a situation where it's almost like she's being forced to have to be flexible in a way that she never wanted to be flexible. You know, she has to be willing to flip and, okay, I wanted to work with Amber. Like she was really interested in, in Amber kind of being her ride or die. And now she's got to vote her out because it's either she, Tyson, or Amber. And so mm-hmm. she had to say, all right, well, I'm going to cut my losses on and it could be Amber. But I, I, so I think that she was trying to be flexible, but from a, a position of the bottom in trying to determine what's the next best route. Like we saw her last week flip over to the other side. And she even said, yeah. I don't want to do this, but what other choice do I have? I have got to, I have to be on the numbers. And so she was flipping and going to the other side. And so she was flexible, but just from a much different perspective. Yeah, uh, you might as well have been reading off of my notes. Look at you know, that. I, I, again, <laughs> it's it's like you said. You know, two weeks ago, she pulled in Jeremy to form a new alliance. Last week, she went against Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, in all cases, her plans were foiled. But she was willing to work with anyone. Uh, I mean, maybe this week her attempted alliance included too wide a variety of people. Yeah, but she just kept trying. You know, she was super flexible because you know but for a different reason than last time like you said Mm -hmm. all right well the fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them and historically this has not been an issue for kim uh in fact there was a secret scene in her original season where my writer who was covering secret scenes for reality news online uh said she was quote coming off more and more like a female brian heideck and that was because she was calm cool and calculating Mm -hmm. At the time, her ally Chelsea was struggling emotionally about eliminating the men. And Kim told us she knew exactly how Chelsea felt and she felt the same way, but she couldn't let her conscience interfere because, quote, this is the game I'm here to play for a million dollars. I'm sure she brought that same attitude into this season. And as we talked about in the third rule, we saw her jump back and forth as necessary. So she wasn't getting emotionally tied into those who she was playing with. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are really doing very well with this this season mm-hmm. where they, they're they understanding when they need to cut their losses. <coughs> and she has clearly been doing that be, because of the position that she's been put in as well. She's been playing from the bottom, so she can't play emotionally. Because, again, I do think that when you are playing from that position, you lose the ability to respond the way that you necessarily want to because you have to kind of see where the tide is taking you. and. Unfortunately, you might really like someone or have a close bond with them and want to play the game with them, but you have to understand that it's time to just, I got to cut the fat, you know, I got to trim the fat. I need to focus on myself. And if that's who everybody wants to go, then okay. And it's, and that's what we saw happen with Jeremy last week. She was like, okay, I'm just going to go along with, with where the majority is, even though that might not be what she wanted to do for her own game. She understood that it got her one step further in the game 
But I do think she's at a point now where she realized that whole resume thing is looming and you got to have some type of a resume and you have to start making moves. She was just in a tough spot to really allow an emotional component come into her voting as opposed to just trying to save herself and keep herself in the game. Yeah. Now, one thing going back to what you said, um, you know, in the second rule, I think it was uh, talking about, you know, if, if uh, maybe it was a third rule, I don't remember uh, talking about if one member of the duo, you know, is safe then maybe you go after the other member. I, I, it's possible. I should have added the word mostly when I mentioned she wasn't getting emotionally tied to anyone because, mm. Oh, that's true. I do have a question here. Mm-hmm. If Kim was so set on splitting those two up, like you said, she could have pushed to switch the vote to Sarah once Tony won immunity. I mean, Sarah herself even thought she was in danger at tribal council, but Kim didn't because she said she has a relationship with Sarah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. The question is, was it an emotional slash friendship relationship or a strategic relationship? I don't know the answer, but if you're targeting a duo in part because they're a duo and one of that duo wins immunity, you should go, go after the other part. You know, Kim didn't. And it makes me wonder if this one time her emotions did get in the way just enough to cause a problem. That is interesting because there was that secret scene between the two of them where they Mm -hmm. really seemed to have a moment. And I don't know if Kim walked away from that thinking that she had a connection now with Sarah that went beyond just playing the game. But I think also part of Kim had a desire to play the game with Sarah. I don't remember exactly how she phrased it, but it was it was kind of like rebuilding the relationship with her or something of that nature. And I'm curious if maybe she thought she could play the game with Sarah and that that would benefit her. But at this point, you're there's only seven people left. There's only so much time left in the game. I don't know if now is the time to really try to be doing that. You should be looking at someone like a Denise who you've been playing the game with, who you've got this relationship established with, as opposed to now here where seven people left and I want to try to, or eight people at the time, try to rebuild this bond with her. So I do wonder if there was some type of an emotional pull there that caused her to shift back to Jeremy as opposed to Sarah. I mean, Jeremy, like you said at the beginning, he's someone you don't want to be sitting next to at the end either. So, you know, the idea of voting out Jeremy wouldn't have been a bad thing for Kim. So I don't know why shifting back to Jeremy as opposed to Sarah would have been beneficial to her just because Sarah is just as much of, I think, a hindrance to her game if she's sitting right. next to her at the end as well. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, the fifth rule is all about the social game and reminds players they need to pretend to be nice. I don't think anyone can really doubt that Kim did mm-hmm. well here. What do you think? Oh, my God. Kim is just the sweetest person. I mean, and the thing that I appreciate about Kim is that she does have an ability to talk with people. And I think this was a a different Kim we saw this week where she was talking more at them, kind of telling them this is what we have to do. She's always been very good at at just having conversations about the prospect and possibilities and how we want to see the game move forward without necessarily acting as if she's in control, even though she was in control in one world. Mm -hmm. It was her, her social, I mean, her social game is what caused her to win one world. So now it's a, it's a different version of Kim. So she's still, very good socially. But again, what I said before, she's playing from a different position. So you can be as nice as you want to these people, but if they don't want to play with you for whatever reason, they just don't want to play with you. And and I think that Kim was someone who they were probably fearful of because of her 
social prowess and, and her ability to communicate so well with people. So she's been kind of, I think, like left off kilter like this whole season because it's a different environment where she's having to, to play in than she was before. Yeah. You know, she seemed to have good social relationships with almost everybody, maybe excluding Tony, who she didn't seem to be as close to. I don't know. But she befriend, befriended just about everyone. Uh, you know, indeed, Sophie told us early in the season that Kim was the most socially adept person out there and she's the nicest person. Mm-hmm. Now, in part, this leads us to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat, because the rest of that quote from Sophie that I just mentioned talked about how everybody knew that Kim being so socially adept was how she won, like you said, and everybody would see that as threatening. That that opinion was shared by others and continued through the game as we saw Sarah pushing Tony to get Kim out a couple weeks ago because she had everybody in her back pocket. And I do think it's interesting that, you know, one of the things that we're faulting her for is her desire to try to pull together five people. But that is also part of what Kim is so good at. And mm-hmm. so perhaps that why that's why I thought, you know, that Kim thought that she could pull this off. But I, I do think that you're so far into the game that even though she had people in her back pocket, she just didn't have the right people in her back pocket. You know, she did have some that were, you know, she's got Denise and, and that I think is, is a tight group there. I mean, Jeremy Mm -hmm. and Tyson. So she did have people that she really was connected to, but the other ones were a little more surface. And unfortunately it just didn't carry into the, the Kim that we saw previously. So, yes, but she's great at it. And she's someone who could sit at the end and certainly, you know, communicate very well and talk to each individual person about those relationships that she created. But unfortunately, there was a couple that just didn't get as much attention. And those were the people that she really needed this week in order to pull off this move. Well, and she needed to not have brought up Tony's name before you know, to those people before the the challenge, because, you know, that's another thing. But coming into the season, I said in our preview podcast that although Kim only played once, she did such a good job that I figured she'd still be considered a fairly big threat. And that it didn't help that podcasts and articles have talked about how good she was. Mm -hmm. She said pregame that she thought others would be bigger threats. But then we heard from some of the other players that they did indeed worry about her. Yeah. I figured she would make the merge, but not get near the end because people would worry too much about her. And that is part of what happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that there's very many survivor winners who have a reputation like she does of really owning their entire season. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what Kim is known for. And so coming into a group of 40 play, you know, or, or of all winners season 40, where a lot of these people, they never played the perfect game. If you think about it, I mean, it took some people multiple times to win. So, you know, someone like Tyson came back three times before he won. And for Kim, she went in there and killed it once. You know, I mean, she, and she literally just owned her season. So I do think that another survivor player seeing that is going to definitely be threatened by that because if she comes in and, and if she can pull that off with a group of winners, I, I mean, that would have been a huge feat for her. So, yeah, I mean, she she already came in at a threat level that I think was different than most because nobody saw her play an imperfect game. Whereas some of these returning players, we've seen imperfection and we've seen them right. not do so well. And for her, no one had ever seen that. Right. Now, of course, we can't leave this rule without noting that beyond just being a general threat to everybody, 
Kim made herself a direct threat to Tony with her plan. Yes. As we discussed in the second rule, just like Tony saw Sophie as a direct threat to him last week and how he felt Tyson was the week before. Mm -hmm. Starting starting to see a pattern. here, (laughs) Right? Yeah, for sure. And I do think that that's interesting that in this particular vote, by her mentioning Tyson, and this is what I was kind of struggling with, looking at everyone's decision and how they ended up voting and, and their agreeing with Tyson or sorry, agreeing with Tony to vote out him wasn't benefiting anyone really except Tony and maybe mm-hmm. Sarah. So it's, it's one of those interesting votes to see come together because how, how is voting out Kim going to necessarily benefit anybody else getting further in the game when you still have the Tony and Sarah sitting there, you still have Jeremy sitting there and now you've gotten rid of Kim, someone who is actually voting with you, working with you. like Nick, you know, like, I don't know how that was going to benefit Nick. Like we, now we're suddenly going to flip and, and vote out Kim as opposed to what we were going to be doing previously. So I do think that, you know, there's, there's some issues there because yes, she mentioned Tony's name. Tony wants her gone, but the only person that that's directly threatening to is Tony. Mm-hmm. They should all want Tony gone. <laughs> you know I mean? they, well, yeah, but he keeps winning immunity know, all of a sudden. I know. You know. Crazy. All right. The seventh rule covers idols and advantages. And although we talked about it when it happened, uh, we need to once again address Kim wasting her idol, which would have come in awfully handy mm-hmm. here when she realized she might be the target. Yeah. As we mentioned, when it first happened a couple weeks ago, there was literally no reason for Kim to play the idol on Denise in that situation because the numbers just didn't add up. Mm-hmm. She either should have played it on herself, which would have been totally understandable in the chaos, or held on to it. Yes, for sure. And it's unfortunate because like, that was one of those situations where, I mean, she tried to read the room. She said she's really good at it and, and to try to figure out where the votes were were put. But because of the split vote, it really, yeah, it didn't benefit at her didn't at matter. all. It didn't matter. Right. So yeah, it would have been great if she had still had that in her back pocket and could have played that this week. For sure. Yeah. Now, before Kim could use the idol, she had to find it. And we've already discussed both Kim's strategic and social game. But now that we're in this rule, we have something Kim did that highlighted both. When she found the two part idol and gave half to Sophie. At the time, very early in the game, Sophie told us that Kim should be telling Tyson about the idol, not her. Mm. As she put it, Kim was telling the devil who had never worked with her. Uh, But I I think that was the whole point as an olive branch to tell Sophie she wanted to work with her in a slightly uh, less blunt way that Yule did. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't see much of the resolution of that specific situation. And the two ended up on opposite sides at the end. But at the time, I think it was a fairly smart move on her part to try to get closer to Sophie when when she was on the bottom, when Kim was on the bottom. For sure. And also pregame, she even talked about wanting to play with Sophie. She thought Sophie was kind of another version of herself. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that was part of that decision as well. That This was someone she had already kind of determined I'd like to play the game with. And she had an opportunity to play with her and still thought, I want to play the game with her. So great way to try to as you said extend that olive branch to really let somebody in on your trust circle if you will and say hey i want to play with you i mean sophie thought it was ridiculous she was like why you know but but that was sophie's read on it but i i don't think it was a bad play for kim at all to to yeah. do what she did 
All right, we have one other thing to discuss, and while it's not an idle or advantage per se, it's a game mechanic, so it fits best in this rule, much like you pointed out that you did. (laughs) Rocks. Um, I'm talking, of course, about stepping down from the immunity challenge for peanut butter and cookies. Mm. After the episode, Kim posted a picture of that mound of food and tweeted, for my calculations, approximately $2 million of PB. Mm. The thing is, there's no way to know for sure. But I suspect and suspected at the time that the three who got out for food were close to falling anyway, and they have at least claimed as much. She said she was right on the edge. She could feel the bucket starting to tip, whatever. But was it a good move to give up immunity for that? No. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it, and listen, I will, I will go on a little bit of a soapbox here for just a minute because I did tweet about this as well. Are you, are you holding your hand up like I this should. on that soapbox? Hey, I, did, yeah. I did that for like an hour and 42 minutes in my season, but I had both of my wrists uh, tied up there. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit different. But I did tweet about that as well, that that was a, you know, not, I would never do that. $2 million, not giving up immunity for cookies and chocolate ever. And someone was like, oh, hey, people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw white rocks because you put your hand in a bag. But totally different situation. Okay, that is totally different. It is. It's totally Whoever different. said that to you on Twitter, I'm telling you, that is totally yes, different. totally different. Because here's a situation where it's about, you're not finding yourself at a, at a crossroads, lying in the sand. It's a tie. Nobody's flipping. And mm-hmm. you know that whatever decision you make in that moment will affect the end game. I mean, and that was where we all were at. We knew, like, if you flip, you're toast. Like, it's not, especially in my situation. But when you're trying to win immunity, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to win immunity, and you're not trying to find some mechanism in which to elongate your game if your game is going to end that night. You know, like the, the idea of eating food is supposed to give you strength. And I know that people are hungry. I get it. I mean, I was hungry when I was out there too, but you really have to kind of go through all those permutations. And if everybody walked into that particular tribal knowing Tony was the target, at least five people walked in knowing Tony was mm-hmm. the target, that's your goal. Now, granted, she, it was split, male, you know, woman, men, you know I mean? So, that, so maybe that was part of her um, stopping herself or not stopping herself because she knew that she couldn't affect Tony winning. Then you've right. got Nick. That was an interesting twist. On it, it is yes. a definitely interesting twist, but it kind of just set into motion. She did it. Then it makes it okay if somebody else wants to do it. And then, and then Nick dropped out too, but I, it's just not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk because you have, especially for Kim, she's the one who threw Tony's name out there. So she's the one, if it's going to come back and there's going to be any ramifications, it will be towards Kim. And now you're stepping down for peanut butter and chocolate. It just, Mm -hmm. it's not worth it. It's just not worth taking that risk at all. Yeah. Now, the irony in all this is that in Kim's original season, in an episode that aired about nine years and two weeks ago, uh, Jay dropped out of the same challenge for food and Kim organized the vote to get rid of him. Mm. Uh, now, Kim herself stepped down that time, too. That time she got cupcakes. But her position in the game went, then was much different than it was yes. this time. Yes. Now, as for Jay, Jay, he thought he was safe when he did it. But Kim should have known better this time. It, it is interesting to recall that Jay said in his day after video. See, we dig deep here, folks. In Jay's <laughs> day after video, 
he said that everyone judges and says you're a fool when you step down for food. Uh, the way he saw it, though, if you think you're safe, that, that's key. If you think you're safe, it's extremely important to step down and take the food. That's what will get you through the next few days. Jay also pointed out that the viewing audience doesn't know how many alliances you've made and what's going on strategically in the game. He stepped down because the person he thought was going home was already out, so she wasn't going to win immunity. He trusted his alliance. Now, that's all well and good, but in Kim's situation, Tony wasn't out yet, but again, that didn't matter. So her participation literally you know, didn't impact him at all. I'm sure that she similarly thought she had alliances to keep her safe, but she'd been on the bottom for the whole game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She should have known the way things were shifting here. It was, you know, in any in it, she had done it to Jay when Jay thought he was safe. She should not have even thought she was safe. And this is someone who two weeks prior or three weeks prior uh, is telling other individuals, Jeremy and Tyson, we don't have any friends in this game. Like we are on right. the bottom. They want us out. We do not have any friends. and. She was not in a situation where she knew she's got this core alliance, people she can rely upon in that moment. And granted, and I understand, you know, she thought she was going to fall. Okay, if you think you're going to fall, then just stand there until you fall. And that's 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 kind of the approach that I would have taken. That's the approach I did take. I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things that you would rather not regret that decision. And I think that that's kind of what she'll be struggling with is that geez, if maybe if I had just stayed up there, maybe I would have won. And then I would, I wouldn't be, you know, we would be talking about her right now because she wouldn't have yeah. stepped down. So it is, it's, it's just not worth it. As far as I'm concerned. It's not worth having to relive that moment it, because it's, it's a different part of the game. There's decisions are not yet carved in stone. People have not yet necessarily made a decision about who they are. I mean, because obviously they wanted to vote out Tony Tony now has immunity. So things have to shift and change. So immunity directly affects who's going to end up going home for sure. And also it takes a lot of her power away because two reasons, if you wear the immunity necklace, I feel like people have more of a willingness and desire to want to talk to you about the vote because they know you can't be voted out. So you have a little more power and control as to where the vote is going to end up. But then also, as you mentioned, it gives people this idea in their head that, well, they think that they're comfortable. You know, they're they're appearing comfortable. Maybe they don't realize that, you know, this they shouldn't feel as comfortable as they do. And so it it makes people look at you, I think, in a different light. It frustrates people that you're choosing to eat as opposed to struggling through an immunity challenge. So it's just there's a whole lot of factors there that can negatively affect your game instead of positively helping it move forward. Yeah. Now now as one Final piece of flashback. I looked at the recap I had written for the episode when Jay was voted out, which was one of the last articles we posted on Reality News Online before I had to shut it down nine years ago. Uh, In the article, I mentioned that after the challenge, Jay talked to Kim, who assured him that he had nothing crazy to worry about. Kim should certainly have known that this season she had everything crazy to worry about all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, they all did. And that's why I found it fascinating that they kind of went like dominoes especially nick knowing that he was the only thing between the immunity necklace between tony getting it and or nick getting it and the fact that nick and again if he thought he was going to fall 
But he was also negotiating for tokens to come down, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I do think that, that something went awry there, you know, that there, there wasn't a realization that it was really down to those two. And that was it. And Nick could have stopped Tony from winning immunity. And again, maybe we'd be having a much different discussion, but there are so many facets of the immunity challenge and who wins it and how the vote will end up being directed because of who wins that throwing it away for chocolate and peanut butter. I just don't think it's, it's ever worth, it's ever worth the risk for whoever it is. I just yeah. don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Okay. All right. We can move on to appendix a, which is about the rest of the tribe, keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And of course we talk about the players voting out the weak than the strong than the weak than the strong. As I've been saying, there aren't very many players who could be seen as weaker, though Tony has, of course, split them up in his mind, uh, you know, in that way. Lions, hyenas, bottom feeders, whatever he wants to call them. Uh, So, you know, but I do feel like the strong have still continued to be targets. You know, Jeremy, Tony, Kim, all of them fit the bill. Mm -hmm. But with Tony immune, either of the other two were people who need to go. Yeah. You know, Tony, Sarah and Jeremy certainly did the right thing to go after Kim. But everybody else was going to go after Jeremy. So the question is, did Ben make the right decision? Especially since Ben flipping was what caused Nick to flip from what we discussed at the top of the podcast. I'm going to say probably because he stays on Tony's good side while still having the opportunity to turn on Tony when the time is right. You know, and then Nick ends up in that similar position. Tony knows he still wants Jeremy out. Um, so. I think he probably made the right move rather than turning on Jeremy. And I mean, what does he have at that point? Then he's an outlier in that other group and he doesn't have Tony and Sarah anymore. Well, and that's, that is true, but I also feel like this is a vote. And I I mentioned it before that really only benefits Tony because she's putting Tony's name out there of course, so Tony doesn't want her to stay around because she's targeting him. And I it's one of those situations where if that person, you know, Ben's not being targeted. Ben's not, Kim's not targeting Ben. Jeremy and Ben have this weird thing, but Jeremy clearly wants to work with Ben. And I, I just, it, it's just seems like an odd mix when you are down to now, now you've got seven people left, but you had eight mm-hmm. at the time. You have three people and maybe even four because Kim was part of that group with Denise and Nick and Michelle who were talking about final four, final three. So you have a a group of of players who are a little more, I guess, even as as far as their people thinking about them as coming into the game. I guess I should say it that way. You know that they they seem to be a little more on an even playing field coming into the game. I'm not necessarily talking about how they played this season, but. So they're looking at it. Who do we want to sit next to at the end? And Nick was talking about this and the people that he doesn't want to sit next to at the end are Jeremy, Tony and Sarah. And those are the three people that you've said out loud. You do not want to be sitting at the end with. So then you end up going after Kim because it's going to benefit Tony. And so that's where I think there's a a real big disconnect because there's only so much time left in this game. And there's only so many more moves where you can actually get out the Jeremy Tony or Sarah, and you're running out of time to do it. So Mm -hmm. it's to me, I feel like it was a missed opportunity because I mean, really who cares about Tony at this point? I mean, yes. And I don't say that because I love Tony. Don't get me wrong. I think he's phenomenal. But if you are playing the game against Tony, 
you have to be looking at how much time do I have left? How many opportunities do I have to do things? Do I really care at this point if I have Tony in my back pocket or not? Or do I really need to take out threats? And I think this is a time you really have to say, I just need to take out threats and say to Tony, Tony, sorry, but he had to go. And that's just the way it is, because looking at who's left over here, not as threatening as who's left over here. And now Ben's in a situation where Tony and Jeremy and Sarah are still there. So I just don't think it's to his benefit. Yeah, I mean, I still think Kim was a big threat, too. Nobody would want to sit next to Kim at the end either. Well, and I don't discount Um, that. I don't discount that. But I do think that there's. It's a different it's a different playing field for sure. It is, but Kim also has Denise, Michelle, you know, it, that group. I don't know that Kim or I'm sorry, that Nick or Ben, especially Ben, was going to be able to break into that group. Mm, I you know, they that. wanted to use him for this vote. But I think you mentioned earlier, I don't know that she's worked with Ben the whole time. Yeah, I don't think she has. You know, she, she wasn't going to take him to final three. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, Ben gains nothing by siding with her. Right. But at least now he has a chance. Sure. But I still feel like, you know, if you just I don't know, I just feel I mean, I think, too, with this type of season, you know, that people are going to be looking for the resumes. They're going to be looking for the moves that people made. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what Kim would have to be focusing on is. A struggle. I mean, she was trying to play from the bottom and and people could say the same thing about Jeremy. You know, there's been a lot of struggle. He's been the target. Mm -hmm. What big flashy moves do they have? And there's very few people right now that have those big flashy moves. I mean, Denise has one. I mean, she's got a huge move, you know, and Mm -hmm. nobody's really focusing on that. So Ben needs to start looking at how does he build his own resume? And if he's able to say, look, I decided to take Jeremy out. Tony wanted to save him. And I'm the one that took him out because I told Tony, no, then you've got kind of two ticks on your resume. You know, you you took the power away from Tony and you got rid of Jeremy, someone who everyone has been targeting. So there's a spin sitting in the final three, even if you're sitting next to Kim, like, look, I actually saved Kim because they wanted to vote her out. I saved her by not flipping. And sent Jeremy home. So I do think that there is a really great argument to be made by someone like Ben or someone like Nick, if they are sitting in the final three, with how that vote took power away from Tony. Right now, everything that's happening is just feeding into Tony's power. Everything. And Ben is going to be seen as feeding into Tony. Nick is going to be the same. You know, so it's I just feel like they really need to start cutting that now sooner rather than later. Well, and I think that, I, I mean, if I had to guess, I think that is their plan. You know, it's feeding into Tony now, but he has immunity now. Right. So the minute he doesn't, not to get into our predictions uh, here uh, a little early, but the minute he doesn't, Nick and Ben can get back together with whoever else and get rid of Tony then. Oh, for sure. And I, you know, right. so and I, and I think that's their plan. Knock out the other people until Tony becomes available and then go after Tony. Yeah. I just... That jury loves Tony right now. <laughs> they love well, him sure. so much. Sure. They lo- and and I and listen, and I, I don't know. I, I do feel like there's been a lot of there is obviously a lot of focus on Tony because Tony is playing an incredible game. And that it's not to discount the games that other people are playing, but everything that the jury is seeing is really it's happening in tribal council, right? I mean that's what right. that's what they Tony. see. And it's the Tony show. And unfortunately, other people are not getting the credit that they necessarily deserve for the games that they're playing. 
because the jury's not seeing what's happening on the island. So if you want to do something to make the jury notice you, it's it has to be in tribal council. And mm-hmm. that's the type of thing that he could have put in front of a jury in tribal council, because right now Tony is being seen as running the whole show. And, you know, even someone like Sarah, who decided in tribal council to not have Tony play an idol for her, got discounted and wasn't as no. I mean, that was a that was a huge thing for her. I mean, wow. For her to set, stand up and go, no, don't play it for me because she read the situation. That's incredibly impressive. But that's not what the jury took away from it, even though that was in front of the jury, because everything is kind of overshadowed by Tony right now. And right. I know he's got immunity, so they can't focus on him. But somebody has to do something to try to start taking that power away, diminishing that power in front of the jury. Yeah. Voting him out would do that. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It absolutely would. But it's also, you know, you have to start building that resume. And that's, I guess, what my point is, is that if you wait too long and then you're sitting in front of a jury trying to explain, well, why didn't you do this? You had an opportunity to do that Mm -hmm. instead of saying, this is what I did. I think right now. We're in a situation similar to Rick Devins Mm. in that if Rick got to the end, he was going to win Mm -hmm. period. End of story. If Tony gets to the end, he is going to win. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, anybody else next to him would have the second and third best resumes because there's, I mean, there's nothing else you can do in this time frame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the only thing they can do is vote out Tony when that becomes available. And I think that Ben especially already has that in his mind when he becomes available. And for now, he's, you know, kind of keep your enemies closer type of situation. All right. But we'll see. We'll see. We will. All right. With that, it's about time to wrap things up. So what are your final thoughts? Uh, So my final thoughts on Kim. She came into this game, I think, as someone who dominated. And we've already talked about how much mm-hmm. she dominated her, her previous season. Oh, a one-time player and winning the one and only time she played really did set her up in a very interesting predicament against this group of people. You know, we talked about those multiple returning players, people that we've seen play so many times, and you saw their faults and you saw things that they didn't do correctly and you saw things that they did well. They kind of learned from their own mistakes. She never had an opportunity to do that because of the game that she played in One World. She played a great social game in One World. She really controlled all of the dynamics and all of the people that she was playing with. And unfortunately for Kim, coming into a season of players who know the game, they've played the game a lot. And they've played the game throughout a time that she didn't play the game with idols and advantages and all of these extra components that didn't exist in her season. So she had to not only figure out how to play a game with those components, but then also play a game with people that have done this multiple times. So it, I think put her at a disadvantage. And then on top of that, she played poker with some of them. So, you know, there was that issue too. We didn't spend much time on the poker alliance with her, but of course that was, that was a component for Kim as well. Mm-hmm. So I do think that we saw a Kim from a different perspective than we'd ever seen a Kim play this game before. She was playing from the bottom from day one. She was a target right away. And I do think that people were very fearful of Kim and her social game. And I think they kept her from not getting that foothold. You know, Kim is someone who once you let her get kind of, I think, her her claws in and she's and she's managed to kind of manipulate the situation and kind of control it. You're going to have a very, very hard time taking that away from Kim. 
And this group of people was able to kind of throw her off and not allow her to do that. And I think she was trying to do it too late in the game. And unfortunately for Kim, she found herself in a situation where even though she was trying to make moves and she was strategizing, she never got the foothold that she had in one world where she was able to dominate. And so we saw Kim in a different position that unfortunately for her, even though she was still a threat, she was a threat playing this game from kind of a, I don't know, not, not, not a dominating, controlling place that we all wanted to see Kim be in. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, Kim didn't come into the game with as big a target. Uh, or, I'm sorry, she didn't expect to come into the game with as big a target as she had. But, you know, when your game is described repeatedly as one of the most dominant ever, people are going to pay attention. She was immediately seen as a threat because of her social game. And the longer she stayed and the more she worked on it, the bigger that threat became. However, Kim had done a good job of hiding behind other players up to this point. Even when she did things that made her stand out, like playing her idol for Denise, she still wasn't the main target. Then she drew too much attention to herself by deciding it was time to gun for Tony before the immunity challenge. At the challenge, then, she stepped off for food. As we discussed, maybe she knew she was falling off anyway, but she was in far too precarious a position in the game to take that gamble. Once Tony found out that she had been planning to vote him out, that was all it took in his mind. Sarah had wanted her gone earlier, and Tony came to see the threat that Kim presented. If she had just continued to hang out in the background, she could have been fine for at least another vote or two, which might have given her the time to change things, find an idol, win immunity, whatever. But she decided to make a move and immediately suffered the consequences for it. And that is why Kim lost. Sad. Sad. Mm. So. All right. Uh, before we get to our predictions, let, we, let me <laughs> remind everyone. I don't know what that was. That was uh, let me remind everyone that the rules we just discussed are both available in poster and T-shirt mm -hmm. form. Uh, for the shirt, the shirt, uh, go to robhaswebsite.com or robhaspodcast.com and click on the merch link, then sort to see newer items first. Or the poster, go to tinyurl.com slash davidrulesposter2. And remember, we'll be donating the proceeds of every poster sale for one more week. Like I said, no more dilly-dallying. Hurry up and do that. Yes. And if also, if you are outside of the United States and would like to order the mm -hmm. poster, you can contact me uh, through Twitter. You can DM me and I can make arrangements to get that poster to you. All right. Prediction time. I already gave some hints here. Uh, next week is two hours, two tribal councils. Tony has <gasps> oh, an idol. Oh, no. I forgot about that. Damn it. Uh -oh. uh, um, all right. <laughs> Tony has an idol. Ben has an idol. Michelle or Jeremy has a 50-50 coin. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I have to think that if Tony doesn't win immunity again, people are going to try to blindside him. But I don't see Tony just going along with any fake plan they try to sell him. So he will play his idol. For sure. The question is whether either, other players will know he's going to play his idol and therefore not target him. I don't know. Jeremy still looks like a very good target, especially since Ben went along this time. He's going to be telling Tony, I want my I want my Jeremy gone. Mm -hmm. um, but <clears throat> Jeremy may have the flip a coin and it's, you know, literally a 50 50 shot as to what might happen there. So where does that leave us? I'm fairly certain that Nick and Michelle are safe. 
I'm pretty sure that Ben and Denise are safe. People didn't go after Sarah when they arguably should have this week, so I think she's okay. That only leaves two people. And with two votes coming, I can't imagine that Jeremy and Tony will continue to make it through. I guarantee at least one of them will go. I'm going to predict we have a bloody double episode and both of them get booted. Wow. That's interesting because I did, I did forget about the two hours. Um, and when I was doing my determinations here, I do think that the Denise, Michelle, Nick final three conversation has some significance. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that those three are going to be sticking together and they'll bring Jeremy in because obviously he's been working with them and he knows that he's like, go-to target for the past mm-hmm. like three tribal councils. I do think that, yes, Tony's going to play his idol. He's not going to take a chance if he doesn't win immunity, he's going to play his idol. My thought is that this particular episode, at least, okay, so we'll break it down. First vote um, is that that group of four, the Denise, Michelle, Nick, and uh, Jeremy, I don't know if they caught what Ben said at tribal council about his idol when he was talking to Sarah. He's like, do you want me to just play my idol for you? And so like, he kind of put it out there in the universe that he has an idol, but I don't know if anybody heard that except Sarah. Obviously Tony knows that he has an idol, but Mm -hmm. I think it would be interesting if they ended up targeting Ben and then Ben also plays his idol. So Tony plays his idol, Ben Mm. plays his idol. And who does Ben want to go home more than anything is Jeremy. So Jeremy. (laughs) So Jeremy goes home because Ben plays an idol. I don't think the coin flip is, is going to um, come into play here. I just, I don't know. I mean, I, if, if they're going to play it or not, I mean, it's, it's this idea of, well, if I do play it, it could sway the votes. It could change the votes, but I don't know if anyone really even knows what it is because when Jeremy was going to take it out of his pocket, the rest of the, I mean, Michelle knew what it was. Tony kind of knows what it is, but um, I, I mean, to me, I just don't think it's going to have as much of an effect. And I do think that Jeremy is, and I and I I love all of these people that are playing this game. I think they're all great. Jeremy is a wonderful individual who nobody wants to sit next to at the end. He's got a great story. So I do think that him being targeted makes sense. And it, Ben will be happy because he finally gets to send Jeremy home. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how... Because if Tony doesn't have an idol, but then Tony's going to go back. If two idols get played, Tony's right back out and looking for an idol, right? So maybe he finds an idol. And Sarah goes home? Boy. If Jeremy and Tony go home, wow, that would be insane if they both went home. So you're thinking Jeremy and... That's what I'm debating in my brain. I, you know what? I'm going to go with Sarah. She's okay. I, Because I, I don't see how Tony doesn't end up finding an idol. If they if they get played, you know, if they get played and, you know, and he goes back out, I don't see how he doesn't find another one. I just feel like that would be a very Tony thing to do to go out and find another idol. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, uh, we will see. At least we both agree on Jeremy, uh, unfortunately for Jeremy or I mean, not that our predictions mean anything. Right. I was just going to say, yeah, uh, yeah, it's already happened. So, right. All right. As we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. As we've mentioned, uh, Rob donated April subscriptions to an organization that provides personal protective equipment to doctors and nurses. 
and he matched that donation and he's extended it another week uh, just like we have. Uh, so hurry up and become a patron. Once you join, you'll see that Rob does at least nine patron-only call-in shows a month, uh, plus those trivia ones I mentioned last time, plus a weekly Q&A show with Nicole. Uh, several shows have been live streaming to the patrons, plus there are discounts and first access to live show tickets when we can all leave our houses again. <laughs> this week was supposed to have been the Atlanta know-it-alls. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to have been there. Uh so uh, that's why I'm wearing this is not, you know, this is the New York. Uh, I don't know if I'm this is the New York know-it-alls, nice. uh, one of the New York know-it-alls uh, shirts. So in honor of the missing Atlanta know-it-alls wearing that. Um, but in the meantime, when we can't all go out, there are the Facebook groups to keep you occupied with a great community of people, including both of us. Uh, and you could talk about Survivor, Big Brother, other shows, life in general. Uh, again, remember to go to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello to us. Yes, it's an incredible group of people, individuals who you have a phenomenal time communicating with about all the things that you love and all the things that they love. So great, great group of people and wonderful perks, as David has already mentioned. You can also follow me on Twitter. I am at Jessica Lewis 89 and David Bloomberg is at David Bloomberg and you should follow us both. We do live tweet during the episode. So spoiler alert, (laughs) we live tweet. So if you don't care to know anything, don't check the Twitter, but follow us because it's a, it's a fun thing to, to certainly be part of. And um, again, I'm at Jessica Lewis 89. He's at David Bloomberg Again, follow us both. And we tweet throughout the week things about the show. So I found a really cute video. I think I'm going to put up of Denise as well, because her immunity win was adorable. I, we just didn't mention that. But when she actually won, yeah. that was the cutest thing ever. So I might just put that up there, too. But yeah, so follow us both on Twitter. OK, now we need a hashtag. I don't, do mm. you have anything? Um. No. <laughs> okay. Well, the only thing I have is how we started the podcast, the spy couch, <laughs> which was amazing. Can you just? I I would love for you to show everyone how you managed to get to your spy couch. That would be really funny. You should do it right now. No, it, then it's not a spy couch anymore. <laughs> then it's. I can't give away the secrets of the spy couch. I literally had no idea what was going on when you did that. <laughs> All of a sudden, you were just like disappearing. I'm like, what is happening? That was incredible. But yeah, I think Spy Couch is good. All right. And of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, YXLost. Uh, make sure, everyone, that you are subscribed to all the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash survivor, or just go to your phone and on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed in both places. You'll find great content like the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, the B and B this week in survivor and much more. And thank you so much to the wonderful individuals that make this possible. Scott St. Pierre does all of the editing for both now video and audio. So you have a choice. You can either watch us and laugh at David Bloomberg or you can you can Hopefully just laugh list. with David Bloomberg. Oh, okay, not there we at. go. Yes, with David Bloomberg. Wonderful antics, David. I can't complain. Yeah. Uh, or you can just listen to us. And the, if you do, just do the audio podcast. You will hear a great song, Will from America. Thank you so much for coming up with the theme song for this podcast. So thank you to both of those individuals for helping us put all of this wonderful thing together every week. All right. And thank you to Jessica for another great week. And uh, yeah, next week we'll be back. 
and talking about a two hour, two hour show. So we'll have a lot to talk we about. Will. Well, I did realize they have a lot to catch up on. And I also feel like this is strange because I'm, I'm looking at the timing of it and how many days in and how many people are left. My season, there was like way too many people left with like nine days left in the game. And now there, there's clearly not as many people left, but the final like is May 13th, right? Mm -hmm. So they clearly have a lot of things to get through before we get to the final episode. So there is still a lot of game left to play, but yeah, it's going to be crazy. Two hours. Exciting. Will be a lot of good stuff to see. A lot of things to talk about. And uh, it might be very, very messy, as you said. So, yeah. All right. Well, with that, I'm going back into the spy couch. You can do it. (laughs) Bye. I do not have a spy couch, but thank you, everyone. Jessica will turn it around They'll break down the rules And they'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost Oh baby, this is why Blank lost Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.